where we're at right now going through i mean what do you think about it where we're at right now i feel confident um i feel like obviously there are a lot of drawbacks to this team um mainly being the bullpen um stability has been an issue yeah um, amir garrett yeah, has been on that one. Oh yeah amir garrett's been on and off um Really, I mean, the only solid guys that have been coming out of the bullpen lately have been uh, TJ Antone and uh, Art Warren, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, it it's really – I feel like we're going to be a lot more in the driver's seat when we get Lorenzen back. Um when eventually I feel like Hunter Green might have to be called up because that is an area where we really need help. Um, and I think he's going to be in the bullpen. I don't think he's going to be a starter. Yeah, um, yeah I yeah. think it would be uh, it would be uh, moronic not to uh, at least get him some experience in September. Um, you know, just the way he's been progressing and the way he strikes hitters out. And when, when he's on, I mean, he rolls through lineups. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's single A, double A. I don't care what level you're at. These are guys that have gotten drafted high, low, picked up by teams, whatever. Obviously, they have faith in some of these guys. And when you've got a guy chucking 104 and he's throwing a low 90 slider, I mean, it. I don't know how you don't at least try to train. I don't know if transition, but just to like get him experience in the bigs and let him, you know, throw a couple of innings when you're down by five runs. I mean, why not? Um, I don't think Nick Lodolo is going to be, I would, I would like to see him go starter all the way through and through. If we are absolutely desperate, if we, can't really get anything at the trade deadline, then I think, yeah, probably we'll bring him up. Um, but that that's like a last-ditch resort. I mean, yeah. he, he's your top prospect right now. He's dealing, but um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not something you should look for right now. Yeah, and especially um, Osich, I mean – He's not the cream of the crop, but he came in and he he's, I guess, like Amir Garrett in the fact that sometimes, like, he went out there in his first appearance with the Reds. He threw, I mean, awesome. It was literally what we needed to keep us in a game, keep going, and we lost that game, unfortunately. But, like, you're looking at left-handed relievers in the bullpen. You're looking at Perez, Osich, Garrett, and Doolittle. And those are not four guys that I feel comfortable with going into, let's say, a game in a five-game series, a game four or five, where you need four innings to get, you know, to win the game. Or at least hold them to the point where your offense can do something for you. Because it's just a fact Sean Sean Doolittle throws one pitch. I mean, he throws a fastball. He doesn't throw anything else. He, he throws a fastball. It's coming at you. 
And while that was great for him in Washington, Oakland, he also threw 96 miles an hour. Um, Amir Garrett, it's the same way of some, I mean, this last stretch of appearances he's had, he's been completely lights out. But then you've got him earlier in the year where it seemed like every time he came in, he was getting at least two, three home runs hitting off of him in, in an inning and a half. So, and then Osich and Perez have been, you know, plug and play guys. They're not anything solid. Uh, Heath Hembree's been really like surprised me. I mean, oh, yeah. he was in Boston and I watched him for a little bit, but still him and Brad Brock have been awesome for us. Like we really, they're the only things keeping this bullpen from an eight ERA. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's just crazy to me how you can plug and play guys like that. And then, you know, I think, you know, injuries have really hurt this. Like I said, Lorenzen, um, I think Anton being hurt really sort of, you know, it, it kind of held us back in a way. And I think Anton was really a big loss. And the way yeah. that Hembry and Osich and the others have stepped up, that is really big because Anton was Anton was the rock in that bullpen. Yeah. Because, you know, you were talking about having guys go three, four innings. That is what Anton did. He was that rock in that front end of the bullpen that could get you out of a tough situation and then keep going for as long as he was needed in a ball in a ball game. Yeah. Um so looking around trade deadline wise, there's not like a heavy market for relievers per se, but there's some really solid relievers. Uh, I don't know if taking a divisional divisional opponent away, Richard Rodriguez, but that would really I mean, really help this team. I mean, he's been the closer for them if they even have one, but he's been the closer for them or a guy that comes in and just shuts ball clubs down. And he's he's just been a one of the few bright spots in that Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh organization this year. But uh, also Ian Kennedy, he's looked really good this year. Um, I'm not sure if – See, here's the kind of uh, – here's contemplating, would you deal Tyler Naquin for one of these relievers? I don't know if, if it's that – if Naquin has, you know, that little value. I think he's more of a – in my opinion, at least, he's, he's way more priced than that. I think, you know, maybe someone like Rodriguez, you know, the Pirates are looking to rebuild right now. That's a guy who you would deal for and maybe, you know, give up, you know, uh, maybe maybe like a middle-tier prospect. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just like someone that, you know, the organization – 
doesn't really feel like fits um, in the current plans, um, but is also someone who could go to a different club and contribute uh, there in the future. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just really like, I mean, Naquin's on a one-year deal. He's not getting paid a lot of money, um, but really. I think Naquin this offseason is going to be looking more long-term deals, um, especially with the first, what, month and a half he had. Um, you know, it's not really like you don't come off of that season where he's hitting around 240, but he hit a bunch at one time and he was scorching hot. But you don't come off that season look for, looking for another one-year deal. I just – and – he's going to be nowhere near what the Reds want long-term. You have Nixon Zell, you have Aquino, Winker, Castellanos, obviously, Shogo. I mean, it's five guys right off the top of my head that I'm like, they play outfield. Like, they're going to play. And Naquin's kind of been that plug-and-play guy with Aquino being hurt to start the year, Senzel getting hurt. And now you're down to Winker, Castellanos, Shogo. So Naquin was kind of that guy that was there. I mean, he was just there. And if if we didn't have him at the start of the season, I don't think we would have gone on that streak that we had or we wouldn't have got off to the start that we had. But I think it was kind of luck that he kind of fell to us. Absolutely. And I think he has that much value in the outfield with the year that he's had. I think you look, if you are going to deal him, I think you're looking at the bigger sort of market right now, which would be the shortstops. Yeah. And that is a huge need that this team needs. And, you know, because. We plugged in a Eugenio Suarez at the beginning of the year. That did not work out. Yeah. Um, your other options within the organization, uh, Alejo Lopez, the recent call-up, he's only played 88 professional innings at shortstop. Um, Jose Barreo, he has experience, but, you know, right now is that something you want to try again? with him getting called up because he got called up last year and he struggled mightily. Um, so I think, you know, if you're, if you are going to deal with Naquin, you've got to look at the home run ball and you have to look at the shortstop market. And I think, if they are going to get in the shortstop market, you've got to get someone like Trevor Story. Throwing around big names now. Um, and, I mean, he's like – the only thing about Trevor Story is that he's going to get paid. He wants to get paid. He's going to get paid. I don't think it really matters where for him. I don't think he's like – He's not dead set on a playoff team. Like, he'd like to be on a playoff team, obviously. Like, who doesn't want to win and go to the playoffs? But really, he's looking for $30 million a year 
upwards being the highest paid shortstop, like obviously one of the best hitters, one of the best shortstops. To me, if the ideal scenario, if Story's coming to Cincinnati, I would I would give up Naquin for Story, um, and maybe a higher tier prospect with a couple of see and i think that's tricky that's the tricky part is because you don't want to give up hunter green obviously he's going to be obviously the cornerstone one of the cornerstones of your franchise for the next however many years but how far are you willing to necessarily push that to get somebody like trevor story would you give up senzel you know that I think at this point, Senzel has proven that he is, when healthy, he is a very productive player. However, he's not healthy a whole lot. Yeah. And that is his biggest problem is staying healthy and overall getting that consistent playing time that he needs to be productive. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously you're not going to trade. Let's just name them. You're not going to trade Cassianos. You're not going to trade Winker. You're not going to trade Stevenson. You're I'm like 99.9% sure you're not trading Suarez. You're obviously not trading Vado. You're not trading India. I mean, it, the list gets smaller and smaller and you're looking at really like maybe three guys. You're looking at maybe Naquin, maybe Stevenson, and maybe like a high to mid tier prospect in the organization. I mean, you there's just not a lot of guys on this team. We're going to be buyers. We're we're too close in this race. Too close in this race to be sellers. We are 100% buyers. It doesn't matter what the contracts look like. We're built to win now. And if we pick up a couple more pieces, I feel like we can. But realistically, there's not a lot of guys that you can trade away that are MLB ready now. And maybe that plays into being buyers because, like, the Pirates don't want – I don't think the Pirates would want Tyler Naquin. I mean, he's on the, they're going to have him for, what, four months at the most, three months, whatever it is, like not even half a season. Um, you know, they're not looking to win now, obviously. So to have somebody like Tyler Naquin would be a, a waste. They're going to want prospects back. And I think the same with Colorado. Like Trevor Story – has been in trade rumors for the last however many years at the deadline. And it was just like Arenado. Like it, you can't tell me that you're going to trade Arenado and you're looking to compete. I mean, he's the best third baseman in baseball. And it's like Arenado is the best third baseman in baseball. So to trade him away and then not trade story, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I think you would want to get so much in return that 
you're not looking for guys like Tyler Naglin. You're looking for a Nick Senzel and two prospects or a prospect and a couple picks. Like you're looking for that long term, and Naquin's just not long term. So going on to the All Star rosters, what did you think about them? Was there anything um, that like surprised you or not really? I mean, obviously, you know. Castellanos, Winker starting, you know, that's a given. That is absolutely, I think, um, they deserve it. Um, yep. You know. Two Acuna, best hitters in baseball. Absolutely. Acuna, um, that was a given as well. Um, best center fielder in baseball. Um, I got to look this up because I do not have – Um, NL, um, you know, I think, uh, just going down the line, Tatis, Arenado, Frazier, Freeman, Posey, I mean, that, that, those were all givens. Um, you know, and then in the voting, you know, Mookie Betts, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he deserves to be on the reserve roster, but he does not deserve to be a starter. He does not. There was no reason for the race between, you know, Winker. Winker, Yeah, that was utterly like blew my mind. I think we all had the same. There's no reason. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason for that race to be that close. Yeah, now, I think obviously we all have... is the bigger name, but yeah. he has not had as good of a yeah. year. We all had pretty much that. that in my mind was... We all had pretty much the same opinion. Like, I don't know how a guy hits 250, less home runs, less RBIs, less hits, less OPS, less. I mean, it was just on, on, and on, and on, and on. And then you look back and he's like, I mean, he's like chipping at the heels at the guy that's hitting 310 and leads almost every single category in baseball. Absolutely. And then for the AL, Perez, uh, Vlad Guerrero, uh, Simeon, Devers, Bogarts, um, Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, uh, Judge Otani. Um, I actually didn't know that Trout had gotten, uh, yeah, the nod, which is surprising because he was injured. And yeah, then... I don't, um, I hate how, and this is going to be a fan voting rant here in a minute, but I mean, how can a guy play 30 games and get the most votes to start in the outfield? Absolutely. I mean, Byron Buxton was one of the leaders uh, at the very start of voting. And at the time, he had only played, like, what, 13 games? That I mean, that blows is, my mind. That is uneducated fans voting purely on the stats that were given on the ballots, which were 
average home runs OPS. Yep. And nothing else. I mean, uh, the fact that a guy can play, what is that? Four, five series of games, and then he's the leading vote getter. I mean, I just, I have no idea like how that can even happen. I mean, he, he played as many games as like Kyle Farmer did in the first like month and a half. He played as, as many games as like Tyler Stevenson did before Joey Votto got injured. It was like, I don't get how guys can have 40 at bats and they're an all-star. Like you, I don't care who the name is. I mean, we might as well just put Joey Votto and Pujols and guys that have been big names for however long, been in the league and been MVPs. I mean, just put them on there. Absolutely. And, you know, one one thing going down this list that surprised me was that Garrett Cole and Aroldis Chapman were elected yeah. for the AL, which was – very surprising because um, ever since the crackdown on uh, on foreign substances, uh, which is a whole another rant in itself, um, <laughs> it it boggles my mind at how those two are even on the roster because of their fall from grace, and yeah. especially Chapman. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw a Twitter post today, and it was um, ERA leaders since June 10th with at least one appearance, and Aralus Chapman since June 10th has a 29.25 ERA. I mean, that's not a small sample size; that's a month. I mean. Based on the month that he's had, I thought it would be higher. I mean, <laughs> it, it's been awful. It's been just an awful stretch for him. Yeah, I mean, and I think we can attribute a lot of these guys that uh, that have gotten lit up, per se, um, to that foreign substance policy. I mean, it's not a – I don't think it's a coincidence that – a guy for the first three, four, five years of his career sits at certain numbers and then all of a sudden jumps up to whatever and then they put that in and then he jumps straight back down. And, you know, it It may just be me being a, uh, a Salty Reds fan, but Trevor Bauer's numbers – during that 2020 stretch were through the roof. I mean, it was, it's looks like you've got one big mountain. That's all it is in the, in the graph, one big mountain. And the fact that he can go from 2200 RPMs, have a Cy Young year where he's at 2800 and then go right back down to 2200, you know, blows my mind. And you know it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily for me the rule itself. It was the way that it was implemented in the middle of a season. 
You know, this is something that is completely game changing that you need to, you know, take time over the all season to implement and to allow the players to get used to these sort of changes. You know, this isn't at that point, I think um, the quote from Tyler Glasnow, where you're, you know, you're messing with a man's career. That is true of it because, you know, pitchers have to go through so many mechanical changes to, you know, compensate for the loss of grip and it subsequently the loss of velocity, the loss of movement. And they're just overall trying to compensate for that. And then they just overwork themselves. Yeah. And uh, especially from a guy who throws as hard as Tyler Glasnow does. I mean, he's consistently triple digits. So putting your elbow and your forearm in your hand and even your shoulder rotating through that kind of pressure on a consistent basis, especially him being a starter and throwing many more innings, many more pitches, all of that, like eventually stuff like that's going to happen when you put stuff in place that you're supposed to change everything you do, everything you do in a week. Like that was crazy. It wasn't even like, okay, you have until the all-star break to like figure it out, whatever. The fact that it was a week, if you're going to even do it in in the middle of a season like that. I mean, you told guys for years, you're not going to enforce anything like that because of safety concerns. And then all of a sudden, because MLB got put in that spotlight, they tried to change it up to where it wasn't their fault. They, that Garrett Cole interview and Trevor Bauer doing all that with his hands and on his YouTube channel and on his Twitter page where he was asking whether it was legal or illegal. And it's like, oh, it is a sweat rosin. So how, how do we determine this? Because the rule you put in place is it's up to, up to the umpires to decide now. It's not, well, this is that and that's that. And that's what distinguishes those two. You're leaving it straight up to one person. And if they think it's too sticky, you're done. I mean, so that really irked a lot of people and for good reason. Absolutely. And then, you know, you were talking about the PR situation. You know, I don't think it helped with – the whole Joe Girardi, Max Scherzer beef, and then, you know, it's Sergio Romo basically <laughs> panting himself in the middle of the field. He um, got naked on a baseball field. <laughs> exactly. Um, that just made even more of a mockery of it, and that that just made the optics even worse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So – where we're at now going forward, we've got this series against Kansas City. And right now, we're tied at one in the bottom of the fourth. Um, but after this series, I think this series against Kansas City is – its every game is important, yes. But, I mean, really, we've got seven games against a, the divisional leader coming up. I mean, how can you not, like, at least – 
take a peek at uh, what's coming next. It's uh, so they've got four games in Milwaukee and then three in Cincinnati. And I mean, it, if you win this series, these seven games, let's say you take four or five, I feel we're sitting real pretty come all star break. Right. You're, you're sitting at least, you know, maybe a game or two back at the, at the, very least and i think um you know like you said every game is important i don't you know i don't think that you know really uh this current city with kansas city is all that important in the grand scheme of things um you know right now focus on resting your your starters, um, you know, tonight they're playing Lopez at second, Freeman at short. Um, and I think this is a time where you rest and then you come out full force uh, for these next seven games because these next seven games are huge. Yeah, they can really um, change the tides. I mean, if you if we go out and we drop five or seven, we're – sitting way different than if we win five to seven and like astronomically different. And I think it's the same way with um, where you said resting the starters. I think that would be, I mean, awesome. as much as Nick Cassianos said he wanted to play every day. I think if you're going to give him a day off, now's the time to do it. Uh, India got scratched early from ankle soreness from what, What's all over Twitter? It's really just wear and tear. Uh, just kind of a sit a day. We'll see how it feels tomorrow. You'll probably be fine. Um, so like Vado, you know, Tucker, especially with Tyler Stevenson there, I don't feel like you're really losing much. So trading them off days could really help coming up with Tucker. Um, and especially Winker in that DH spot, uh, you could really trade off and maybe like Winker's DH in the night, maybe tomorrow Cassiano's DH is and Winker plays the field. And, you know, just getting ready for these seven games because it's really like so important to the season. Absolutely. I mean, you are right now – you are in second place. You're about eight games back of the lead right now. Seven games back to be exact. And I mean that this is absolutely humongous if they win this series, you know, at the halfway point, that is going to look a lot better um, for ownership, especially to yeah. actually go out and spend this trade deadline. Yeah, because you can look at that team and say, well, look how good we're doing. We just need that those one, two, even maybe three final pieces to set in and say, we're going to win the whole damn thing. Because the goal is not to get bounced in the first round. And with the pitching we have and the depth that we have, I feel like 
we're right there. We're right on the fringe of getting over the hump to be competing for at least a National League title. Because you're looking up and down this list. I mean, the Mets, L.A., San Francisco, San Diego. That's probably what you're going to see in the other the other divisions and the two wild card spots. And if we can win this division, we're going to give somebody hell. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in my opinion at least, you have to win the division because, you know, you're competing with these National League West teams. I mean – They're going to have three teams in the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, you've got L.A., San Fran, and San Diego, all at least 50 wins apiece. I mean, that is absolutely at the cream of the crop. That is the, that is the best division in baseball right now. Yep. And, I mean, there's no way you're catching up to that in the wild card, in my opinion. No. Um, unless you go on an absolute Oakland A's 20-game winning streak, that's yeah. just not going to happen. I think you have to win the division. Yeah, and especially because we are only seven games back, and I think it's the, the Brewers have had an absolute cakewalk of a schedule so far. They played – their last four series have been Pittsburgh, Colorado, Arizona. Pittsburgh twice, and then Colorado and Arizona, the other ones. You're telling me that the – I mean, yeah, no, no shit, they've gone 9-1 and one their last 10. They've played Pittsburgh six times. And then they end the season with the Dodgers too. So if I think realistically if the Reds can sit around that five games back mark come September – we're going to be in a really good spot to take over that division because we play Pittsburgh the most. Absolutely. And we can bury them into the ground and just take over those last three weeks. Absolutely. And it, it doesn't hurt that, you know, we've already swept every team in this division. Um, yeah. You know, obviously that helps a whole lot. Um I mean, that shows that you know what you're doing against these, you know, against the other four opponents in your division. You know, you've got, you've obviously got a set game plan. You know what to do coming into those series, um, especially when it comes to crunch time in, you know, late August, early September, uh, when it really matters. Yeah, because ultimately those are the games that are going to push you over or they're going to put you back. And especially with St. Louis and the injuries that they're dealing with right now and the Cubs lost their last nine games. And Milwaukee's coming up on that, I mean, on us. We will decide our fate going into going into this trade deadline and this all-star break. So, you know, we'll see what we can do, but fate's in our hands. We take these series. I mean, it's going to be hard not to put us 
give us a couple pieces to where we can really make a run at it. Absolutely. Okay. Or uh, you think that's good? Yeah. I think that's a really good discussion to like end on. Is that a, uh, how long was that? Can that you was about see an hour. It? Really? Yeah. Wow. It didn't feel like it, but okay. Um, I don't know if you can, we will, I'll just do like an introduction and plug our socials and stuff. And then um, I'll try to like mess with the podcast or whatever the on the on Apple. And then um, as soon as I get that, we can just post it and go with it. I'll cut it up to where her barking is out and stuff like that. But if you uh, if you just send it to me, I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you could just uh, put 